This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. What's going on? Facebook Live. What is up? Hi, Jay. Hello, Brian. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? You're kind of right. close to me tonight. It's kind of weirding me out, dude. Why? We're, we're good your, friends, right? <laughs> keeping your space <laughs> over there. Oh, man. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, got, a, got a great return guest this evening. Indeed, we do. He's an all right guy. He's all right. Yeah, I think he's a good dude. Yeah, I'd like to hear him cuss a little more, but he's a school teacher, dude. What do you oh, expect? That's right. He's, gonna, he's clean that's cut. Right. He's yeah. clean cut, dude. Family man. Like, come on, take it easy. Take it easy. Uh, a couple quick announcements, real quick, uh, before we get started with Aaron. Um, first and foremost, go down in that lower left hand corner, click that share button. And uh, let's let's get the party started. Frankie Provolone in the chat is always soap slayers. Brad Hicks in the house. Um, but in regards to the paddle in fin trail series, uh, Bassmaster just released um, their tournament trail, um, and we had a conflict. Um, we had the Madison Chain on June twelfth. Uh, so we pushed that back a week to the 19th, which is Father's Day weekend. So just a quick reminder on that. And then we had a bunch of questions about the event in Michigan for the cold water chain. There was another event like 10 minutes down the road, which was through IKT, a.k.a. the Top Water Series. Uh, so what we did is we combined that event. Um, so if you're fishing for AOI points for IKT, um, those will count, uh, if you fish the paddle and fin event and that, uh, will just be one big event at the cold water chain. Don't forget. We got the, uh, big open, uh, to kick off the year beginning of April down on Dale hollow, check in with Eastport Marina, all the info, uh, we've been updating it on tourney X, but there is uh, a thing to, um, get you guys going. Um, on Tourney X right now, just search Paddle, Loren, and Finn, and you'll find all that info. Sorry. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, my brain hurts. <laughs> uh, so let's get to the man of the hour, Mr. Aaron Steiger. Fellas, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry, dude. Our sound effects are cheap and chintzy these days. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, you know. you're a little close to Brian there, man. See, yeah. well, I told you, know, you, dude, get in your corner, man. See, it, it, it's a it's a sign of friendship, you know. If you <laughs> right can talk to a friend, I, I you know. can't see your feet, but that's all right. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Right oh man, we got we got DP in the house, Jason Ricketts. 
Hey, our, what's going our, on? Our long lost co-host. Yeah. Look at I'm, all these guys. I think I'm gonna cry now. Dwayne Wally in the house. So now that all of you have like have made comments, you have to stay the whole time though. <laughs> there isn't this. I'm gonna get off here in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it's uh it's good to have you back on the podcast, man. Um, you know, I know uh one of the last times we had you on, um, you know, over the summer, you you had got Lyme's disease and it was a, a long road to recovery and stuff, man. So how are you doing with that? Is everything good? How are you feeling? A little bit. I mean, it still has some neurological stuff going on. Um, kind of has led to like some inner ear stuff that's still causing some, you know, some dizziness here and there, but uh, I'm functional and I'm happy to be still on that road to recovery. So uh, right doing good enough to to get out and about, be at work, do some things I like to do, be with my kids, my family, and uh, also go fishing. So I can't complain too much. Right on, man. Well, that's good news, man. Glad to hear you're doing well, and uh, yeah. the road to recovery has been treating you well. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Indeed. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. No, I know you and I talk on occasion, and uh, you know we had kind of briefly talked about that, but I'm sure some people were wondering after the last one, so I figured I'd bring it up here, man. Yeah, no, I just took some time off just to get myself where I need to be and stepping back into the arena. So, right nice, now. ready to battle. Well, I mean that's uh, that's kind of where we wanted to go tonight because I know you put up a a pretty lengthy social media post on on Facebook and. You know, you were talking about kind of getting back to the to a basic setup in your kayak and stuff. So, I mean, that's kind of the the highlight of tonight, and we wanted to talk about that, like what your theories are. I know uh, Jay and I are kind of taking a more simplistic approach this coming year as well. I mean, minus motors because we're fat old guys and we're lazy, but you know. Um, so, I mean, like what what kind of drove you to kind of taking that simpler approach man yeah um i mean i started really assessing i guess you know what i really needed out of out of a kayak and really when i had my most success in a kayak and um you know i've i guess you know i've been doing this for almost a decade now and um i've gone on both extremes you know i've i've gone uh super simple and then I've also gone completely on the other end of the spectrum. And I guess I, I want to make it clear, like, I don't know that there's a right way. Uh, sure. There's, there's yeah. not one that's better than, than others because I've had uh, great conversations with, with people on both ends of the spectrum. And so this is my perspective on what has worked for me. And not to say that also hasn't changed or doesn't change as well. Um, but it, it got to the point where I realized, um, you know, taking a step back over the last few months here and just kind of, um, seeing where I was at and I started just getting into other things too. Like, um, I know like no one will like this, but golf a little bit and just stuff that's kind of easy, relaxing. But then I started looking at the funniest thing. I started looking at how these golfing companies marketed and, my mind immediately goes to, okay, how does that compare to how the kayak industry is marketing their stuff? And it's, it's the exact same. Like it is so, <laughs> it is the exact same. And it's so funny to watch. And it's always like this 
this next year's model is like the newest best thing that's going to make you that much better. And that's when it kind of clicked with me. And I said, you know, I'm sitting here watching these golf pros just as I watch these MLF <laughs> pros. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, like I'm trying to be a pro or like a pro or what I perceive as a pro in a kayak. And I think I spent a good few years trying to emulate what a bass boat does. And it kind of clicked with me and it said, as I'm watching these golf videos, I'm like, I'm not a golf pro. I'm never going to be one. Why in the world am I trying to think about even outfitting myself like one? So then I was like, okay, what else do I really love doing? Well, that's, that's obviously kayak fishing. I mean, that's my first love. And so I'm sitting here thinking, I spent three years with mega imaging, 10 inch screen on my kayak with, with a motor on the back and, you know, a pedal drive and, you know, probably a few thousand dollars worth of rods on the deck at any one time. Um, and then an arsenal of baits, you know, that'll make anybody blush and definitely weigh down my kayak along with a power pole and a trailer. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about this and it was a $10,000 rig. And so what was I trying to do? Okay. And, and more importantly, was I enjoying it and was it making me a better fisherman? And so I really started assessing it and I said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be like a, like a bass fisherman, but as a kayak fisherman, we don't have, we are not afforded the same luxuries as a bass fisherman. We can't necessarily travel as far. We can't necessarily have as much space, uh, on our deck. Um, you know, we don't have the stability. We, we have to do physical like physical labor to get places a lot of times if you don't have a motor. And so then I started looking at it and I said, well, why am I, why are my techniques and why is my thought press process as I go out into like a tournament or something the same as it would be if, if I could be in a bass boat. And I said to myself, I can't have my mindset be the same as if I'm in a bass boat because I'm not in a bass boat. So then I started looking at, well, like, what do I need to do to be the most successful? Because what I cannot do is, for example, like when we think about um, like a bass fisherman, a bass boat, uh, fishing brush piles in a bass boat, they have like a lot of them have like 360 imaging, which I know kayaks can start to do that now, too. But then they motor and idle from spot to spot to spot, and they might cover dozens of miles in a day. And sure. jump from brush pile to brush pile. Well, we can't do that on a kayak. We might be able to hit two brush piles, but we're going to spend all of our torpedo battery doing that, or we're going to get tired from paddling or pedaling all over the place. So then I started thinking, okay, so if I can't be a bass boat, where do kayaks typically excel the most, just in general for me? And um, and and what am I utilizing when I do that? And so. It got to me, it got me to a place where I said, you know, all of my best finishes. And, and like I said, in my Facebook post, I'm no proficient tournament angler, but it's not even really about tournament angling. It's about um, just really like efficiency on the water in general, whether you're going out for fun or whether you're going out in a tournament, I suppose. Um, but what am I, what am I at my best? It's, it's when I've simplified things. Now, 
I'm not saying all you need to do is carry one rod and always only throw a jig or always only drop shot. What I'm saying is how do you get to a place where you're extremely comfortable with a certain technique or two or three uh, on a certain body of water and then being able to commit to that and commit to a certain area and eventually find success because of that. And I think that wrapping all that together is really what my goal is for this year um, because I would consider myself an extremely versatile angler. Like I do know how to read my electronics. Like if, if I had a, a graph in front of me, I can read it. And I've learned how to do that through some of these upground reservoirs around here. And quite honestly, you really need a graph for, for places like that. But where I fish, most of the time, I don't necessarily need that graph. Um, <clears throat> just, it's just not needed. And so what I, what I'm going to try to focus on is maybe researching on the back end a lot, um, and understanding what time of the year it is, where I'm fishing and allowing that to really drive, you know, a few techniques that I'll bring along with me, but keep, keep things as simple as possible and fish those, those techniques confidently. Um, because I guess I feel like so many times me personally, and I can't speak for anybody else, but maybe people can relate to this. Um, I had a lot of stuff on my deck because I wasn't super confident in anything. And as a result of that, I was extremely ineffective as an angler. And so I don't know if that is, it wasn't laziness because I was doing a lot of research, but what it definitely was not either was confidence. And sure. so what I need to do is build confidence in certain things um, because I know how to fish anything from a jig to a frog to a drop shot to a wacky rig. I can do it all. I just need to maybe enhance maybe my knowledge in different areas and then understand that my confidence will stem from that. If I truly just commit to an area, a technique, and I will find, I will find success um, instead of my mind going 15 different places on the water at once. And so, that's kind of what I wanted to start with. I know it's a long explanation, but at the same time, that's what my thought process, that's how it all started uh, a few months ago for me. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites and more no prep no mess meals factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping cooking or cleanup needed sign up and save we've done the math factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious head to factormeals.com slash waypoint pod 50 and use the code waypoint pod 50 to get 50 percent off that's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. No, I totally get it, man. And I know I'm I'm talking from experience when I say this, but I've also seen it, you know, pretty much any tournament you go to. Like everybody tries to load up their kayak with as much gear right. as, as they can possibly fit. And I think – that just overcomplicates thing and things. And I think, you know, that's kind of what you're getting at too. You know, it's just like, instead of being confident and baits X, Y, and Z, 
you have the whole alphabet on the boat ready to go. And it's, and you know, it's funny, like, and I've said this personally, like I'll load my boat up with so much gear and I'll maybe touch three bags of plastics and two rods, but I'll have 12 rods, 10, 3,700 boxes, <laughs> like four bags of plastic for what, you know, if you just, you know, totally just dumb it down a little bit and just be more confident in what you're doing, you know, I mean, I could see maybe having some of that stuff, um, during pre-fishing, you know, when you're trying to figure something out, but you know, to have it on you at all times, man, I mean, it's just overkill. Well, and it's, you know, and even coming from, I guess, like the average tournament angler, um, I mean, you tie on all that stuff and you really only end up using, it's funny because I always make that joke about the Ned rig. Yeah. Right. It's like, you'll have that tied on, but you'll try everything else on your boat before that. And then all of a sudden you start throwing the Ned rig and you're catching fish again, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. and a lot of that has to do with the confidence bait too, but also, you know, the simplicity of it. Sure. I mean, plastics usually get the job done. Yeah. You know, I would say a secondary is secondary or even um, like a primary in some instances, the jig. Yeah. You know, right. those, I would say those are two primary things or at least two, two common things you should have on your boat. And then everything else is just kind of extra. No, you know? I agree a hundred percent. And um, you know, the interesting thing is, is if you're, so like to Brian's point and the point I was talking about earlier, you've got 12 rods sticking up and you're only using three. I, and then going and connecting that to the point I was kind of talking about before was the fact that we are on kayaks. Yeah. And if you've got a thousand bags of baits and you've got 12 <laughs> rods, your space is at a premium on a kayak. And, and we right. have to understand what's like kind of what space we're technically in. Um, we're in a human powered or at least a very small powered vessel that's three feet wide by maximum of really 14 feet long. That is a small space. Yep. And if you're clogging it up, you're, you're simply not going to be as effective in your presentation, uh, as you would be if you had, you had nothing hindering, um, something as simple as your casting ability. Because if you think about it, and you're sitting here trying to skip a jig under under a tree, um, how many things can go wrong if you've got rods sticking out all over the place? I mean, right. one miss swing in the back, and you're spending five minutes messing around, and your spot's blown out. Um, yeah, I've and, done that. And, and, you know, I've even gotten away from, like... I know it sounds dumb, but like I've even gone away from using as many bait casters. Um, cause I, I mean, I love using bait casters and they serve their purpose. But what I did was, um, this past year, I looked at it and I said, like, how, how do I need to fish more effectively? A bait caster causes me to speed up a lot. And in Ohio, that's not the right, that is not the right thing to do. A lot of times you have to slow down. You have to go the opposite way. And you have to let that bait soak. And in order to really let that bait get down to where it needs to be and soak, I, I ended up purchasing a, uh, a medium heavy extra fast uh, from St. Croix, like a, like a legend. I think it's like legend tournament. I love that rod because it, my, my other favorite rod is actually my medium heavy extra fast casting rod, but I really like this spinning rod now 
because it's got the same action. It's strong. I use a little stronger braid with like a like a nice like a 14 pound fluorocarbon leader on it, and I I can throw these nice little small jigs, and uh, I can get them get them down deep. I can get them around wood. I can do whatever I want with that. I can throw a Texas rig, but I can really slow down and keep that bait contacting the bottom. And uh, and quite honestly, I fished a tournament in um, over at Allen Creek in the summertime and won it uh, by doing that. You know, and it was just I was like, this is just so effective. I could I could duplicate this wherever I wanted to. And um, th then so I had two rods on the deck. I had that one, and then I had a swim jig. And the swim jig I actually did have on a, on a bait caster because it was a little bit heavier. So I could fish two different ways. And if I needed to, I could switch that jig out. And, and I did. And I put just a wacky rig hook on and rocked and rolled. And I can tie those up in 15 seconds. But I didn't have any rods sticking up. I was sitting all around a bunch of wood and had no issues whatsoever. Uh, no electronics. I was still actually in the Hobie at that time, but I didn't bring my electronics. Um, I just really fished the conditions and I said, okay, what, what do these conditions look like? And, and, you know, there was a windy bank and that's where I'd use the swim jig. And then, uh, there was, uh, wooded coves and that's where I would just, I mean, I would just cast that jig out and just let it drop. And that's where those bass were, man. And it was very interesting. I caught them in two different, very different, um, ways, but both were equally as effective. I just, I fished the conditions instead of just like what I should be fishing based on like what the book says, based on what I saw in Bassmaster or saw Seth fighter doing or Brian thrift doing, you know what I mean? It's, sure. I, I fished, I fished what Alum Creek was giving me that day and it could be different any day, but you know, maybe in the spring you're fishing rocks instead of points, you know what I mean? Maybe you're fishing yeah. the dam or something like that, but same exact thing. Um, but that's going to change. Like those techniques are going to change. I'm not going to bring a swim jig and a jig everywhere I go. That that was a fall bite and that's or late summer bite. And that's what it was, but that will all change in different places and different seasons. But I really think that understanding like KVD actually had, you know, I'm sitting here saying, don't be like bass fisher, like pro bass fishermen, but KVD had a really cool seasonal guide. Um, it's like, uh, I think literally if you just Google KVD seasonal guide, I Googled that like four or five, six years ago, something like that. And that taught me so much just about patterning fish and the types of areas they can be. And I think that's really helpful for a kayak fisherman because we have to stick to an area and really commit to it. And if we don't, we're not going to find any success. And so if you can go in prepared to start with, I think that you have more of an opportunity to maximize that area more so than just jumping around and, and being uh impatient as an angler um and so you know i i just I, I guess i think that that's this that's the recipe for me right now for success until um i, I guess i don't know i don't know how else i would find success because i haven't found success with tournament wise with the whole setup yet some other people definitely have i haven't so so let me ask you this, man, because you mentioned you're going to go no electronics. Like, what yeah. what's your reasoning behind that? I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be paddling this year. And uh, so we're not like paddling. You're not using your big muscles. You're using your arms. You're not using your legs. Uh, every pound 
that I have to paddle around, it makes it more difficult for me to do that. And uh, the other thing is, is I hate transducer arms. Um, and quite honestly, <laughs> I hate charging the fish finder all the time, the battery. I hate messing around with it. Um, honestly, outside of the upground reservoirs that I fish, um, and, and maybe a couple, maybe a couple other places I've fished, like, I mean, Erie, obviously, um, and maybe a couple of like St. Clair, but at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking like, I know enough spots on Erie and St. Clair right now where like, generally speaking throughout the year, I could go out and just paddle where I like in this, in the area. Now I might not, might not be able to mark fish, but at the same time, like, who cares? Like there's a hundred other boats out on St. Clair at any one time. You can at least find the general spot. Um, and there's no, like as kayak fishermen, <clears throat> we are not necessarily finding the spot within the spot. I know some people might be able to 99% of us are not, we need to just be in a general area, even on open water. Um, so I'm not convinced for me personally, I, again, I know others are just like have these things dialed in, but for me personally, the weight savings, the hassle of setting it up, and the whole idea of keeping it simple and focusing on what I should be focusing on, aka the conditions and sure. my presentations. I think if I focus on conditions and presentations, electronics don't even factor into that, if I'm being honest. Right on. Yeah, I just, uh, I just, Jay found the link uh, for this KVD Six Season Bass Guide. Um, so I just dropped the link in the chat for those of you guys tuning in. Um, if you're listening the day later on the podcast platforms, I will link in the description of the episode, but, uh, there's some, there's some, some juice in there, man. I mean, this winter 48 degrees and below, that's going to play a role in your outing that you got planned for tomorrow. I, I'm assuming. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Let yeah, me guess. Uh, jerk, jerk bait. Real Ned about that outing, right? Yeah. Like drop shot. Using the, the winter seasonal guide. Um, but no, I mean, tomorrow, for, for example, um, what I'm going to be using, uh, I'll be using jerk baits. So I, and some people probably see me on live. I use the Jackal re-range from about November to March, uh, if, if I can get on the water. And uh, it does such a good job of catching smallmouth and largemouth that it, it suspends and it goes about three to four feet deep, maybe, maybe five feet. Um, but it, it works so well. Um, if they're not hitting that, which a lot of times they do hit that off the reaction, uh, I will throw uh, like a heavy headed Ned rig and just let it sit there. Um, cause I'm going to mm -hmm. be fishing wintering holes. And so I'm just, I'm going to be on a river. So I'm just looking for wood. Uh, and then I'll throw little small swim baits. Uh, they're called big Joshies and it's like a company here in Ohio. And so, I mean, just basically rotating through a few different types of baits, um, and looking for deeper holes in the river, but, um, it's just, it's just going to be slow, slow, slow fishing. And, um, but that's okay. You know, um, it's just a matter of, again, what are the conditions? I'm not going out there and throwing a, throwing a buzz bait or a chatter bait, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just mm -hmm. not, you need to understand where you're at, what you're fishing. I'm fishing a river. Where should I be fishing on that river? Okay. I'm going to do like a section of like two miles and I'm just going to paddle around and, and fish these holes. And you can pull tons of fish out of one small little area on a river in the wintertime. It doesn't, it's not rocket science. And so, 
Um, and I think, you know, speaking like just that phrase I just said, um, it does take some experience. And I was thinking about that too, as far as how do you, how do you have enough confidence to approach something like this? Um, because if you look at it, yeah, right there, uh, on tackle warehouse, um, not the MMR, so or not the MR. So I use the 110 originals because uh, those MRs go about, they go too deep for what I do on the river. But like if I was going to fish a lake, that could definitely work. Um, but most of them are sold out except for, I think, like the Threadfin Shad. I think I ordered a couple of those and I like those because they got that nice little green line and Smallies like that little neon green line on those Threadfin. Uh, yeah, that bottom one. Yeah, yeah. You, you seem to see thread like thread fins like everywhere too, like yeah, more than like gizzard. Yes, and they those smallmouth will hammer that that one, and that's the one for some reason no one orders that one, but that's the one I order. So it works <laughs> good. Um, but I throw I'll throw that on um, my my glass rod, like my legend glass bait casting rod, actually, because it loads with this tungsten, this little tungsten weight goes to the back and it really helps load it. And it, it just casts the mile. Um, and they hit that off the reaction, even in the winter time for some reason. And so I'll throw that in the winter time. Hmm. Um, so anyway, but that, that's a good jerk bait. Um, nice. yeah. So again, it, you know, just fishing, fishing the conditions is, is that that's going to be a real basic principle of what I'm doing this year. And then, um, figure out what presentations are going to cater to whatever conditions I'm going to fish. And then it comes down to the, the next thing is kayak layout for me. Um, I don't, I don't like anything in front of, in front of me. Um, and that includes a fish finder. I, I, I don't like things in front of me. Even when I was running that mega imaging on the Hobie uh, and on the big rig, I had that mounted behind me. It was behind my seat. And so I actually had to look backwards to see it. Um, and so it was one of those things where, hey, hey there it is. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Man, you are quick on that. I've been, you know, when people Trying, that man. comment all the time, you're so quick on that. Um, but regardless, uh, so if you like look at the, the front of this kayak, I will have nothing in front of me there. And, and the reason I do that, um, is because even that there's a rope on the front that I took off cause I took it out one time cause I was planning on dragging it like up through, um, like some shoal, some shoals or some riffles or whatever. And I was planning on doing that, but it, it tangled my bait just a couple of times. And I'm like, I'm taking that rope off because I want to be as efficient as possible. And when I hook fish, I want nothing in my way to impede either a, a hook set fighting the fish. And then specifically, um, and you guys know this, but as kayak fishermen, we do a lot of roll casts and I don't want yep. anything getting in the way of my rod so I can be as precise as possible because, you know, thinking back to just that tournament on Allen Creek in the summertime that I did, it was, I mean, I was hitting some very precise spots with that swim jig and that's where those fish came from. And if I had, if I was working around a graph, I might've been a foot away from where I was wanting to cast and maybe I didn't catch some of those fish as a result of that. And so, uh, where it really comes into play is like, if you're wanting to skip like a wacky rig or something under a dock, you don't want anything in front of you. Like it's just, it, it impedes your ability to be an effective angler at that time. Now, if you look at the kayak there though, uh, on the left side of that paddle, um, it's, there's an anchor wizard there. Okay. So 
instead of like right at the tip of the paddle, like I put an anchor wizard on the rear tank wheel track and that, t that anchor wizard goes. And then I replaced a quarter 20 bolt on the left, uh, on the left handle there or on the right handle there. And, uh, and then it'll just go down off to the side of the boat. So additionally, when I'm casting, there will be no power pole um, five feet behind me because I'm not necessarily worried about the rods directly behind my back because when I'm casting, I can, I can swing around those because they're right there and I can get my arm back far enough and the rods hit far enough back. But with the power pole, what you run into is the fact that there is a, there's an eight-foot stake sticking up there and you can hit your bait. You can hit your lure on that power pole or you have to be cognizant or aware of, of where that that power pulls out at all times. And so not to say I, I'll never own one again, but um, the the low profile anchor wizard is exactly what I want. If I actually do need to just sit in one spot, um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great tool because I can go under branches. I can do all kinds of stuff uh, with that. And so, um, you know, with that set up there, uh, you know, I will have a black pack, a, a yak attack black pack, and I, I will put a few rods in the rod holders. Uh, but at the same time, um, I've many times during tournaments and even on the water, uh, what I like about this kayak and, and one of the big reasons I decided to go with it was because the big front hatch it has, I will quite literally take the front hatch off, jam all the rods that I'm not using into the hatch and just like once I've dialed something in and so there's nothing else on the deck or behind me. So Quite literally, I can not think about anything except for just presenting my lure as realistically as possible. Um, so, I, you know, I, I guess just keeping these things um, as simple as possible. I mean, the kayak's great. Like, it's, it's light. Um, I was going to get a Liska. Uh, I was actually really intending on getting a Liska, and I called Loveland Canoe and Kayak um, down where Brad, uh, I think he's the... I think he's like the shop team manager down there. Um, Brad, who? So I, sticks. Sticks, uh, who? Like who it, was Brad, that Brad, Stank? Brad or, Brad Stanks? Did sticks. you say Stanks? Stanks, Stanks, Sticks, Brad or Bates, Stanks. Anyway, um, he, so, so yeah, he's down at Loveland. But anyway, I called Mark down at Loveland. I said, hey, I, I want to buy a Liska. <laughs> Do you have any for sale? or in the shop and he said no but you know check out this brand crescent and i'd i'd seen it before i'd talked to drew quite a bit about it before um, i can research it so i researched researched it for a few days and um quite honestly the, i've taken it out once it paddles great um after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan, for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. 
Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Because it's got an open deck. There's nothing I can stand very easily. There's nothing like in my way to stand. Uh, it's got the big front hatch. So I can, if I don't want rods on the deck, if I've kind of cycled through a couple things and I know that those aren't working, I will put those rods in the, in the front hatch, like I said, and not have them on deck anymore um, or even in the tank well. Uh, and then it had a great spot to mount that anchor wizard in the back. Uh, of the kayak, uh, like run the ball to the back. And what I do, by the way, for the ball, um, I go on eBay and I look up downrigger balls and uh, they're, they're covered downrigger balls basically with like a, like a rubberized cover on it. And what those, what that rubberized cover will do is dampen the sound, but these downrigger balls are shaped perfect. It's just like a ball and there's like a little trapezoid on top of it with just a pin um, there, I think there's like some new, like a new, you know, kayak related one on the, on the market. I forget what it's called, like, like a bomb ball or I forget what it's called, but regardless, this is like a $10 investment and it's super cheap. And I just, uh, hacksaw off or just like a little jigsaw. I, I cut off the other little eyelet for the downrigger and it's, it's a perfect, like a, it's like a six pound ball. Um, you can get four pounders and three pounders and two pounders, or you get an eight pounder if you wanted um but that's what i'm going to use and so this kayak along with the fact that i can put my my black pack uh perfectly in there in the tank well as well uh and secure it down um it's it's literally exactly what i need in addition there's some features about the kayak that i really liked and how it paddled and um and so when i add all that up and the fact that they are not that expensive comparatively to some other ones it just made a lot of sense for me um, but again, that's 10 years on the water of figuring out what I like and what I don't like. And as a result of that experience and spending a ton of money and things that I figured out that I kind of like, or kind of don't like, um, it's allowed me to really refine my style and my identity, um, uh, currently. Will that change? Possibly. It could, it could definitely change. I mean, there's no doubt like a pedal drive kayak is a heck of a lot better on Lake Erie than a paddle kayak. So can I see myself getting a, a pedal drive someday? Yeah. Sure. Like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Like, cause that's the best tool to make me most effective on a body of water like that. Uh, but a lot of these inland Ohio lakes, if with the pedal drive, all you're going to do is get it clogged up with weeds. So why in the world would you get a, a bicycle style pedal drive outside of, you know, a Hobie was great. Like Hobies work great, but they don't have immediate reverse. You got to pull a lever. Like that's, that's not efficient enough. I mean, sure. you know yep. what I'm saying? so like what I what I'm looking toward and nothing against the Hobie, by the way, it's a great kayak, but I'm just saying for, when I'm fighting a smallmouth, I don't want to have to reach down and pull a lever to go in reverse. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm looking at a kayak like maybe an old town sportsman or something like that or like a, like a native or something or, or a Jackson or something that's got that bicycle style or a pivot drive with, like, the new canoe, like, you know, anything, whatever it is, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so 
I'm not necessarily like, yeah, luckily um, things are going great. And, and uh, I had great years with Jackson, but I don't really have to be brand loyal right now. And so it's kind of nice to like, kind of look at, you know, the most simplistic way that I can fish the most effectively and then just do whatever works for me. And, and quite honestly, um, I'd really encourage folks to think, think about that, you know, like sure. really examine mm -hmm. the way you fish. Don't compare yourself to um, pros, but also don't compare yourself to other kayak fishermen as well. Uh, just because you see somebody that is a, a big name, so to speak, in our industry, fishing a certain way does not mean that that is the way that you want to fish or can fish or even the same types of water. And so I, I find myself like, for example, let me, I'll give you a really clear example of, of when I've fallen into that. I was going to fish uh, a Hobie event on Kentucky Lake last year. And so where do I start? Okay. I'm going to go watch the Bassmasters and the FLW old you know, uh, Kentucky Lake event things. Okay. Then I'm going to go watch uh, Christine Fisher's video about her experiences on Kentucky Lake. Then I'm going to go watch, you know, so by the time it's all said and done, I'm like, okay, I, I know this like offshore hump area. I'm going to go offshore. I'm going to go crank ledges and then I'm going to go throw a big wobble head and I'm going to go do this and that and everything else. That's not me. Right. I didn't end up going to that event because I realized I bought like $200 worth of stuff on Tackle Warehouse. I had no idea how to use like 10XD crankbaits. How in the world am I going to throw a 10XD in a kayak? <laughs> you know what I mean? So sure. I'm sitting here and I'm like, <laughs> at that point, my the light bulb had not yet gone off. It was about to go off of like, Aaron rein yourself in and figure out who you are and find an identity and don't just chase everything. So like Brian, you like fishing a shaky head and Jay, you like fishing a buzz bait. Like that's who you guys are. Those are your shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now not to say a buzz bait works everywhere and not to say a shaky head works everywhere, but if you're going to Kentucky Lake, I mean, Brian, you can probably apply a shaky head in a lot of different ways as can Jay up shallow at Kentucky Lake and fish the way you'd like to. You don't have to be cranking, you know, cranking uh, a 10XD on the ledges, <laughs> you know, trying to find a school of fish in a, in a kayak. That just, yeah. that just doesn't work in our space. And so um, I eventually realized that about five years too late and many thousands of dollars too late. Um, but... I think moving forward um, as a completely independent, not getting paid, not getting anything angler in this industry, um, I, it, it's really opened my eyes to being a much more critical angler in this industry. And I think a lot of folks could be really well served to think that way, uh, or at least along those lines, but maybe not that way, but along those lines of being very critical before just jumping two feet into anything. Sure. Um, and, and I'll say even this, like even the tournament scene stuff, like we, we all want to go fish Lake Fork or we all want to go fish St. Clair, but does it necessarily hurt to maybe master your own water and figure out what you're really good at before going and dumping a thousand dollars a tournament? Maybe, you know, it might not be a bad thing to go figure out what you're actually really good at 
locally. So then when you decide to go do tournaments like that, you can apply what you know and then maybe find success in your own space at a big tournament doing something that maybe you shouldn't be doing at that big tournament on Lake Fork, finding mm -hmm. something that you are good at and maybe find more success than if you tried to go follow what, what bass boats do, you know? Sure. Yeah. But you know, like, but to another point you had brought up, you know, just about like knowing what you're, what you're using, you know, and entering into new waters. I don't know. Like, you know, in my, <laughs> in my experiences, I mean, it's been kind of fun to just kind of go, you know what? I mean, because I remember we did a tournament. All I took was plastics. I yeah. took no hard base, no nothing. I was like, I'm going to force myself to fish slow, you know, and I started to figure out a few things. Was I being outfished by Brian? Yes, I was. <laughs> I mean, you know, because he was using the age old that, jig. I that stayed was away. in Ohio, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. But you know what? But towards the end of the day, we'll get, you know, I did pretty good, but. Um, you did okay because I made the change, but I was really just trying to teach myself, um, how to still be as productive as I could with what I had. And I caught fish. Yeah. Right. It's just that I think you were like, it was probably three to one uh, that they just wanted jigs and I knew it, you know, and I ignored it just because, <laughs> just because like, you know, uh, well, for one, I wasn't really proficient at it. And two, I, you know, I am, uh, I'm very impatient and I like to power fish. I'll even power fish plastics, Yeah. but I wanted to slow down and see what I could do, you know, purposely because, you know, on the side, you know, on any, just on like on a regular day, mm -hmm. um, you know, you should, if you get like a new bait or anything, you should force yourself to fish that just take that one bait yeah, mm -hmm. and fish it. I mean, I did that one summer, especially with, with spinner baits. Everyone's like, Oh, spinner baits were a, they're a spring lure. You're never going to catch, you know, or, or in the fall. It's like, I beg to differ. You can right. fish a spinner bait a lot of different ways instead of just to like when people make fun of like, oh, you're just cranking it in. It's like, well, yes and no. You know, yeah. it really yeah. depends. But, but I mean, but if you get out of there, you know, if you get out of that comfort zone, you know, kind of learning a few things, you know, they can become confidence baits. And we had a great day in Ohio. I'd, I'd love to know the amount of money sitting in fishermen's garages yeah. or whatever new baits that they picked up yep. and never even opened up and tried oh dude I still you know what i mean now. like te techniques that they'd want to want to dive into but yeah. you know i think yeah i i think it's uh it's crucial man like you know like you said rather than driving across a country and fishing a different style that you have no clue about like hone that in at home before you hit the road mm -hmm. but um you know going back to the fact that you're a free free bird you're not committed to an brand x i'm jealous um you know i've always told customers that come into the kayak shop you know like what i like what jay likes and the next guy likes in a kayak is going to be three different things. Mm -hmm. We're going to fish different styles of water and things like that. You know, it's just, uh, to each their own, you know, just, um, you know, cause we always get those questions, you know, somebody new comes into the sport and they're like, Hey, what, what boat do you fish out of? Oh, I, I should get that boat. Well, not necessarily what I fish mm -hmm. and the style I fish is going to be completely different than what you do. So, I mean, that's just it, you know, you gotta, it's, I, I always laugh, you know, in the, in the kayak fishing space. Cause everybody's like, 
Kobe's the best. No, Jackson's the best. No, New Canoe's the best. Old Town for life, bro. You know, it's like, calm <laughs> the frick down, man. You guys are floating in a piece of plastic. Like, it doesn't matter. We're just all out here for the common good of the mm -hmm. sport, you know, doing what we love to do. And um, I think a lot of people get so focused on that, whereas where they would take a different approach and maybe try something else, they'd be surprised on how much they like it, you know? Well, I think that goes to even the idea of simplifying things as far as, so there obviously are other motivations out there on why you don't simplify things. Um, I mean, for example, tomorrow I am not going to simplify things because I'm going to go out with a bunch of camera gear <laughs> take way too many pictures in 33 degree snow weather um it'll be cool pictures for sure but why do we but why do we do those things it's to promote like sure. this industry is very heavy in that and so in a way um i don't you know and that's an interesting point like where do you find that line of like simplifying you know you said i'm a free agent yeah for a boat but like i still do have other sponsors that are not boat sponsors you know what i mean and sure so you've got to really find that line for yourself too of is this hindering or helping me um i can say it's i mean in a way it's helping because i'm going out in the winter time and figuring some things out but at the same time it's stuff that really i already know how to do so it's not necessarily helping me but you know maybe i write an article and help somebody else maybe it's not just about me uh, or maybe i do a podcast and talk about it or or whatever and maybe that's part of the community aspect of it too but i do think that a, a huge part of why we are the way we are and why we have thousands and thousands of dollars is because there is a element of you know we are in, the, in this industry and i'm guilty of it a lot and i have been guilty of it a lot but we are portraying the you have to keep up with the joneses if you want to make sure like that's <laughs> just a hard truth but i think we kind of maybe do that from time to time. It's an interesting concept, man. You know, like I, I think about it, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, like, you know, having to do all that promotional work, it's just mentally draining and stressful. Like, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to kick it all over the curb and That's, go I'm back on, out. I'm on that road. <laughs> like yeah. i mean Aaron, it goes back to when we talked about it before you know it's like around all the pro staffs and and like man over the past year little by little i've, I've just been kind of going okay i'm kind of done with this one and you know a lot a lot of reasons it's been a rough year but i mean you know i'm just not all in there's a lot to do there's just too much you know it is it's so hard to be genuine sometimes. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to lie to people, lie to myself. It's, I enjoy the things that I get to do with it. It's just so daunting. You know, I mean, you just want to walk away. It, just weigh you down. Time. it can weigh you down if you don't watch it. But here's, here's the saving grace in all of it. If, uh, and we talked about this before, obviously, but it, it, it does kind of suck going out in 33 degree snow weather to fish, but I would never do that for products that I didn't believe in. You sure. Know I mean? Absolutely. And so I, I am actually, although it's not the most ideal circumstance, I'm happy to go do it for Andrew Stern and bending branches. I'm happy mm -hmm. to go do it for St. Croix because I love those rods. I used them before I was on their pro staff 
and I'll use them after, you know, if I ever am not, you know what I mean? Same sure. thing with Benny Branch's paddles. I use them before I represented them and I'll use them after if I ever don't. And so it's not an issue. Uh, it's not something, let's just put it this way. I don't, I wouldn't let it weigh on me. If it did, I wouldn't do it. I'm at that point now, personally. Yeah. Everybody's right. not at that point, but I will say, like, just to use the words Jay was saying is, uh, if I felt it was weighing on me, I wouldn't do it. And, and quite honestly, that's why you guys have seen me step away from the industry for a little while and then come back and step away because I felt like, you know what, it's weighing on me too much based on everything else in my life. I sure. need to take a little bit of time here. Um, because, you know what, that's why we're doing all this is just to enjoy it, right? Like, isn't mm -hmm. that the whole point? And so me simplifying my kayak setup to stepping away from a kayak company that I love and loved and everything else still love, you know, sure. um, it was just because that's, that was the right call for me to make me happy with the way I, you know, the way I fish, the way I want to fish, the way I want to interact with things, because this is at the end of the day, something that should be enjoyable and to maximize the enjoyment, you just got to figure out what that means to you, regardless sure. of if you're talking about your kayak setup or your pro staffs. Right on. No, definitely agreed. Definitely <laughs> agreed. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's been uh, kind of a cleansing year <laughs> for sure. But I mean, it's like it, you know, everything gets put in perspective. You know, I mean, leaving Jackson this year is, you know, there, there's a lot of good people there. You know, I'm still friends with everybody there. There's no hard feelings. Hundred percent. You know. It's like, you know, I haven't made a decision to do anything else. So I've been kind of just sitting on my hands, just kind of doing my thing and, you know, kind of following some other interests. And But, I mean, we'll be back in this battle, oh, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I got things. I mean, I'm trying to simplify as well with a little complication, I guess, <laughs> you know, with a motor. I just, you know, I love the pedal drives. It's always complicated with you regardless. Yeah. Needed just, the, be honest. just kind of needed the open deck and I listen to this guy. <laughs> what motor are you guys putting on your kayaks? I'm curious. Uh, well, I got a Torquedo. Nice. Um, Did you get the 403 or the it's a, Yeah, I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I ain't rolling fat here, man. I only got the 403. <laughs> you know, but it, it'll do its job. You know, I'm going to put it on a new canoe you know, Frontier 12, and um, for me, that'll be more, you know, there'll be a lot of simplicity, a big open deck, Absolutely. you know, still have a few rods. I mean, it's going to be multi for me for, I mean, I'm going to use it in some hunting scenarios too. Nice. Um, I needed that flexibility. Um, Rick, it says he wants you to sit in his hands. Yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know, but... <laughs> That makes me want to go further to new canoe, Jay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Way to push away a prospect. Holy crap. <laughs> he meant to say on his hands, not in his hands. That's okay. Still the same meaning. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, it, it, you won't know until you've been through a few kayaks. You know, I still got my Liska. I still like my Liska. You know, to your point, because you know it's a good boat. It's a great river boat. It's real absolutely light, a lot of functionality to For it. Sure. And it has that awesome, like, I'm such a big proponent of, like, back, like, rear. Um, it's super open. Systems. Like, rear anchoring system. So, like, it's got those things where you can basically use it like an old, old school Kusa or a Kusa HD where mm -hmm. it's got, like, the, the ball. You can put the, the dog leash 
thing in it and then you can run that line all the way to the back and then just drop the dog leash and mm-hmm. you can have an anchor back there that's so effective that's actually one of the reasons i want to get the liska until i saw this this crescent and can do mm-hmm. the same thing with the anchor wizard so Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, we're free agents, man. We can do whatever we want. I like that wide open (laughs) cockpit in the back or rear tank well in the back of the Liska. That was huge. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's pretty large. Yeah. So I run a large motor on the back of a, a, do you say a pursuit? No, the Frontier. I'm just going to get the, yeah, I'm going to get the wide boy. Super wide, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's real similar to like the big rig with stability. Right. Like you, but you can rock that thing. It ain't going nowhere. But it's like completely open. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and it's got lit. those long tracks down the sides too. So, you know, yeah. you can still put, you know, some of the screwball uh, rocket tubes on there. I got a bunch of those. So that's what will be going online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can put, you know, I don't really know what I'm going to do as far as, uh, you know, as far as a crate goes at this point. I'm still kind of deciding. Um, who knows me? We'll just put like a milk crate. <laughs> Like go old school. I don't know. I really like. I'll I'll give you my crate setup. Not my garage, but it's like a. I've got a black pack, but then I can get eight rod holders around it. Yeah. Um, and fit eight rods on it. It works really well, and it'd fit in that. It would fit in that frontier for sure. Um, that'd be that'd be slick setup. Now, here's my question, and this is why. This is why I didn't go with that setup because I felt like. I uh, I bet that would be sweet on the back of the big rig. That eleven and three, that'd fly too. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the reason I didn't go and get that kind of a setup this time around is because I I was worried that I wouldn't have like immediate reverse if I was bass fishing. Like how like so you're gonna use it for multi purposes, but like mm-hmm. how do you see yourself if you like get to a laydown? Um, maneuvering effectively in order to like stay on point, not scare the fish with the motor. Mm-hmm. Also, maneuver. How do you how do you see yourself doing that? Well, in I think if you need to. Um, I mean, I guess it would depend on if I knew that that you know if that structure was in front of me where I was going or not. I mean, if I would try, I guess I would go like motorless, and I would still utilize the paddle. Okay. For right. me, for me, it would still be kind of like what I even thought like Jackson FDs were. It's they're still kind of hybrids. You don't have to, you know, dedicate, you know, all you know, uh, I guess all your maneuverability into the pedal drive. I would still prefer to have the incremental um ways to be able to move the kayak with a paddle. So I would probably slow down, come coasting in, kind of just feather it a little bit. And then just, you know, do my thing just like you would normally. And, I mean, mostly the mower would be for just getting from point, point A, a to point, point B, um, you know, and, you know, and then I'll just kind of break out the paddle and do my thing. And, you know, and if it works out where you get a windy day, maybe then, because I, I plan to not uh, to use my feet as steering. 
However, I get that set up instead of using the hand. I hate hand steering. You are that is pedal steering. Yeah, I mean, because that's not hands-free. You know what I mean? And you need your hands free. You just do. So if I'm going to be utilizing the motor, I'm definitely going to have something set up with my feet um, so I can just kind of, you know, do my thing. And if I got to go in reverse, then that way it's just a more of, that'll be an incremental movement too. Just now it's just right beside you and you take care of it and you're good to go. Yeah. You know? Right on, man. No, that's cool. I, I've seen Matt Ball use that setup on his CUDA HD like really effectively down in Kentucky on Cedar Cedar Creek or Cedarville Lake or I forget. We were down there together fishing, and we're fishing next to each other. And um, that is that is one place I use my electronics to find some sparse grass, and it worked really well with the drop shot, like a weedless drop shot. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, that's what I was curious because I've I've used that Torquedo effectively and I've also found it to be extremely in the way at times because it doesn't, didn't do what I wanted it to do as well. It's just like, so now I don't have one, you know? So it's just kind of like, you'll find, you'll find things you love about it. I think you'll also find things that you don't like about it. And then you'll make your decision from there. You know what I mean? Like after Mm -hmm. you've used it for a season, it's like, okay, did that help me or not? And maybe it helps you in your, the way you do things. And then maybe you're like, um, not as much and there's maybe a better way maybe yeah maybe you know what i mean but that's all we can do is try it out like yeah but I, I think that's why you have like you know for me i'm gonna have two different kinds of kayaks right yeah so like you know and actually that motor too for rivers like there's we have rivers that are deep enough where yeah. we can take the logistics out of doing a set in and a, you know a, you know a flow a, trip yeah doing a flow trip just that's get rid of the whole yeah and just motor all the way up and then come yeah. back down, either utilizing your motor, even if you got pedals on one, you know, usually your pedals or the paddle, whatever, or just drifting. Yeah. And, you know, and then fish like that. That was the big reason behind that decision. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. But, but also knowing that I could always break out like the Liska type, you know, kayak mm-hmm. and get into a lower river and just use the paddle. So I'm not too set. And I guess that, you know, now everybody has that option. But at the same time, you could just not put the torpedo on the back of your boat. You know, yeah. you know, yeah, the frontier isn't probably the most maneuverable, um, you know, for some situations. But then again, you know, you could still yeah, move the boat. The, I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So it's like as long as and that's the same thing I'm talking about, possibly buying like a not in the near future, but maybe like after a season or whatever, uh, if I still feel like I need it, like, you know, buying like an old town or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same idea, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, work with what you can get, or you know, or what you got, or what you can get. I mean, it's right. all up in you know to. I mean, I don't know. Because we don't have know. rivers like that around here that I would like not not close to me anyway, but like they where you could utilize a torpedo like that. But like I saw Jeff Little do it uh, with Jed the other day. Like they went on some Appalachian Creek and motored up however long they did and went and caught a bunch of tanks that they wouldn't have been able to do unless they probably did some really long float down. And like you said, mm-hmm. logistically, like that's why would you do that? You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that can make all kinds of sense. And, and again, that's that going back to the main theme here, that makes it the most simplistic way to do that because it's a lot more simple to do that than go have your girlfriend pick you up at the end of the thing and be mad at you for the rest of the night oh dude <laughs> you know, yeah you, motor up 
Yeah, I know. It's like, hey, I'll drop you a pin. Like, well, when are you going to do that? Like, I don't know. Like, whenever I get there, it's like, well, I've got stuff to do. Well, you should probably start doing it now then because I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was like, like, you know, you're, I don't, I don't even like driving your truck. It's like, right. well, somebody's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Torquedo, saving one spousal fight at a time. Yeah, I know. That's right. You know, it's, but you know, for me, it'll be a first year with like a, a true motor. I mean, I had the E Flex motor and, you know, on the, the big rig and it's fine. You know, yeah, I mean, we, the Torquedo is more efficient. I mean, we know that. Right. Um, but it's also like a motor motor. It's made for long runs. It's made to be maxed out. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's huge. Me and Brian got a couple things planned, you know, for this year coming up that are going to, we're going to need those motors. Right. You know? Yeah, buddy. You know, no, I mean, and, on Lake Erie and St. Clair, it's hard to beat. I mean, to have a Torquedo, I've had my Torquedo on both of those lakes quite a bit, and it helped. I mean, it helped getting from place to place. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So they they serve their purpose. That's the most simple way in a kayak to get around there, going back again, back to the simplicity thing. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, at the same time, uh, there's there's a cost factor there that is to be considered, and and, um, yeah. and a maintenance factor, and and if things something goes wrong or breaks on it or whatever, and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know that that goes with anything, yeah. and so those are all things yeah. that I wanted going actually to this point right here. I wanted to minimize all of that this year. I said, I did not want to worry about my graph not working or my graph not being charged. I didn't want to worry about a pedal drive breaking. I didn't want to worry about a motor running out of battery or breaking. Um, I didn't want to worry about anything. I was like, I just want to get everything out of my mind except catching fish this year. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was my goal. And so I guess going back and bringing it full circle, that, that was the reason, a huge reason I just decided to go paddle only for this year at least for the first however long. Um, and if I find that, like, man, I really do need to, like, upgrade into something different for different situations, then then I might, like, if, if my wife lets me. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like, that that was that was what I needed to do. Like, I needed to be a better fisherman and simplify it. Proved myself that maybe part of that is, is proved myself that, yeah, like, you don't need a million things. You can still catch them. Uh, mm -hmm. just doing your thing like you always have, and so that's what I'm gonna that's the route I'm gonna take this year to try to do that. Heck yeah, man! Yeah, I think some of my best trips, uh, for 2020, I took the new canoe flint, mm -hmm. one rod, yep, and one small bag, yep. of like mm -hmm. plastics and whatever. And I remember Brad Hicks was out here and he's like, That's all you're taking, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, man. This is the only thing I'm going to throw the whole time. I know it. And uh, he was like, hmm, like, okay. And I think a couple times, you know, you and I went out and floated the kitsch. You know, it was the same thing. And Yeah, we simplified it. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, that was like some of the best trips I had at 2020 was just one rod, yeah. a couple baits, a paddle, and a boat. And that was it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely enhances the experience. I mean, it's. I think the only thing that would come closer to that is probably fly fishing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it like it enhances it, it just brings everything in so much and just it's so natural, you know, and then your connection, you know, and there's less to worry about. And really you're there for the moment, you're with your friends right. or even by yourself, whatever. Right. You know, it's just so much <laughs> easier just to 
I mean, you can really, I don't know, you can get into a good place in your head. Yeah. You know, right. where you, especially if you need time to think about stuff, you know, even though you're there, you're like, oh, I'm just going to fish, but you're still settling things. You know, it's just bringing, you know, your inner being, your soul, sure. a little bit more peace while you're out there. Um, you know, because, I mean, there's something to be said about simplicity. Yeah, sure. You could get crazy with tech, but it there's a lot more joy in just being able to sling a kayak into the water. Uh, you know, with one trip back to the truck and one, you know, and then back to the kayak and you're ready yeah. to go instead of like five to six trips. Yeah, well, I mean, let's ask this real it, quick. Have you guys, let's just put it realistic <clears throat> terms. Has there been a trip where you've been completely rigged out to the nines, like as rigged as possible that you've like thoroughly enjoyed more than anything? Um, yeah, I, I would have. I mean, to, there's moments. Yeah, there's been moments. I had, I've had like in a couple amazing pike days that have like really at the top where you're fully rigged out and mm-hmm. you know using technology as much as you can, and I mean, and everything just worked out. But then there's, you know, all the work was worth it, and we're including a power pole and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and because you know all that, all it takes time to set up. Yeah. But then there's a lot of times that you're like, I brought too much stuff, you know, like this is just too much junk. Like I need this or not, you know, now I'm running into the shore, like the wind change, you know, then the aggravation sets. in. Yeah. so, yeah, I mean, time where it's made you worse. Are there times when it's made you worse is my question to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Slowed me down. Mm-hmm. Too much gear in the way. Yep. What's the ratio, would you guys say then? Like of like times where you brought too much versus and it didn't work versus times when you brought probably still too much but it worked out fantastically for you like what's probably the ratio 70, like 30 70 30 yeah mine might be worse 70 bad 30 good <laughs> yeah I, i'm probably right. pushing 80 <laughs> i mean let's be honest it's probably 90 so yeah, then when you, when you say eight out of ten times that i take or seven to eight out of ten times that i take all that gear out and it's too much and it dampens my experience uh then is it worth doing you know what i mean yeah, that's right that's, yeah. that was the thought process that i'm using yeah. you know, that really kicked off that and i was like well no <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? and, yeah yeah i mean so i had to reassess right like yeah. that's why i did that so i kind of did a little of that last year because i used to go out on my home lake I'd rig my boat out like I was going in a tournament, and I'm like, "Why do I need this?" Like, yeah. I did. I did need my graph because the style of fishing I was doing. I was I was fishing sunken structure, and if you were just off that structure, not going to catch any fish. But I mean, I would legit put like eight rods on the boat, crate full of gear, like all this stuff, and the only thing I was throwing the whole time was a shaky head. And you like, pull up there, and people are looking at you like you are. In- like an idiot. Oh yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, Look at this clown. Yeah, but the crazy thing is, he can launch still faster than I can. Like, I mean, his stuff's already set up because at the time it was the blue sky. But I mean, right. yeah. But I mean, but the th- the other thing is, is that you know your water, yeah. right? And, and that would be the caveat. Yeah. That is huge. Would yeah. be the like you know. So yeah, when you first get to new water, yeah, you're all geared out. You're trying yeah. to figure everything out see where the weed lines are but then when you get to yeah. your point you yeah. live on your water and yeah. you've seen it enough you know actually i know your lake well enough yeah. now where i don't even need a fish finder for the most part unless you know we're trying to hit brush piles 
Right. Yeah, and that and that was the thing. I had that aha moment, like you're talking about. Like, why am I loading all this crap on my boat? You know, all I need is one rod and my bag of plastics. Yeah. Right. And when I went to do that, you know, versus you know, just totally decking out for no reason. Like, you know, sometimes I'd throw an extra rod in because I'd want to try pitching a jig versus a oh. shaky head, right. or like try chasing the top water bite as the sun was going down, things like that. But like just making it so much simpler, dude. It was just like, God, all those times, like I wasted all that time and energy loading and unloading that crap. But for what, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, and if you think about all those rods, like you very well might be proficient at all of those techniques, but you are not on a kayak going to be able to utilize all of those techniques. Right. Because you're on a kayak, we are not on bass boats. Mm -hmm. And so you have to determine, like you said, you need to be right in the middle of a brush pile. Right. Well, get the thing that's going to use the two different presentations that are going to get you in the middle of that brush pile and forget the rest for a little while. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and right. use the rest on a different trip. You know, <laughs> use the frog on a different trip. But so, like I said, I mean, I'll use like something where I really want to focus in. Like, I know I'm going to fish brush piles, but I'll also bring a rod just in like a spinner bait, just in case there's a windy bank line that I know I can go hit and maybe catch a fish or two. Like, where mm -hmm. I don't want to shake your head for that circumstance, but sure. Um, but it, that's a super simple way to look at it. And, and as kayak anglers, like, if we can really master, like Jay was saying, like new techniques, like over time, and eventually you've got an arsenal of 10 different techniques that you can apply to, to any body of water and then really dial in which one, which ones of those you really want to use when you're there. Um, I mean, the sky's the limit to our success. But I think if we start chasing, you know, going down different rabbit holes and just different pathways of, of things that we are just almost shooting in the dark, it is we are going to find more frustration, you know, that eight out of 10 times frustration rate rather than success rate, I think. And sure. I, and I have to remember that for myself because it's easy to get sucked in. Um, and it's easy to listen to, uh, you know, they, they talk about like doc, doc talk, you know, like pros talk about that all the time, like doc talk. It's like, hey, what worked for that person does not necessarily mean that'll work for you. And they all know it, by the way. Right. Um, but they also know that we're going to follow what they say. And we're right. suckers for following what they say. We're suckers for following what the biggest names in our sport and the most successful tournament anglers in our sport say. And trying to emulate that. That's, we're, that's, we're creatures of, of that kind of emulation. And for better or for worse. But we need to understand that individually we have to be our own angler too. Amen to that, man. I think uh, I think we'll close out on that, man. Um, you got any final thoughts, ideas? Want to shout out anybody? Anything uh, like that, man? I already talked about who I was, you know, who I'm with and everything. So that's all good. Um, I, being a teacher, I kind of made a note sheet here. I'm just double checking. <laughs> you know, Aaron's always prepared every time we do one of these. <laughs> What's that? We know you're prepared every time you do one yeah, of these. Yeah. You got your bullet points out in front of you. You should have seen the spreadsheets. Yeah. Used to do. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Spreadsheets Tiger. <laughs> think about after I messaged you online, uh, just watching one of these or whatever it was. Or no, when I made that post, 
Yeah. I was like, man, I need to do a, we should just do a podcast. And then after you're like, let's do that. And then I was like, I'm not going to sleep for 10 days because I'm going to think about this. <laughs> and I would literally think about this in the middle of the night and I'd write some stuff down on my phone. And uh, so I do, I try to prepare a little bit, but the, the, the point is, is I really do uh, believe what I'm saying, whether that's right for some folks or not right for some folks. Uh, I got all the respect in the world for folks who gear up to the nines, like folks like Kurt Smith, who I respect completely. And sure. he does such a great job. And I also respect folks who keep it as simple as possible uh, and everybody in between. And so there's a little bit of something for everybody out there. For sure, man. Show me the pie chart. You know you got a pie chart. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> it's like an 80-20 pie chart. 80%, 80 frustration, 20% success. Well, well, right on, man. Well, thanks again for taking the time out and chatting with us tonight. And uh, look forward to seeing what you're doing in 2021. And uh, I'm sure we'll be sitting down to chat soon again on one of these. Mr. Randall. Any final thoughts? No. Yeah, of course. He's got nothing. He's got Thanks nothing. Thanks for having me, guys. It's, yeah. it's always nice to catch up. I mean, we can probably yeah, talk this sometime over just a, a nice phone call. We don't necessarily need to do a national podcast, but, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we can, we can just talk for fun sometimes, too. It'll be good. Sure. <laughs> no, for sure, man. For sure. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. As always, tight lines, smooth paddling. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, in fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, in fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle in Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water shout out to rocktown adventures located in northern illinois for all your kayaking camping and hiking needs shout out to jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com